my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Sarah Grauth. How are you, Sarah? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Brian. I am super excited to talk to you. Sarah is currently um, uh, the chair of our advisory council for the Experience Industry Management Department here at Cal Poly. Uh, Sarah is a 2002 uh, graduate of Cal Berkeley in in political science, and she is currently um, it's, um, we're going to talk about this, Sarah. I really, I really love this about, um, the giants. Um, it's like with no other professional sports team, I feel like in, in the world keeps their employees as long as the giants do. And so I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about your journey with the giants, but she's currently the senior vice president, uh, for event strategy and service for the San Francisco giants. And, um, and she's been working with the giants since, 2001. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It has been two decades now. (laughs) It's so wild, you know, because as a professor of sport management, you know, I talk to to students about how there's a lot of turnover in professional sports. And um, and and I I usually give the caveat that um that the one area where there's not as much turnover is um is like community relations, right? The community funds and that sort of thing. And then I think I've just realized recently it's just because I'm associated with the Giants Community Fund <laughs> and it's just the Giants where there's no turnover, you know. And so uh so maybe uh we can talk about that a, a little later. But um let's jump into it and, and talk about um where you're from, what 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 your upbringing was like, that sort of thing. So where'd you grow up? Sure. Um, so I grew up in a small town called Morgan Hill, California. It's about you know an hour and fifteen minutes south of San Francisco. Um, yeah, it was a one high school town when I was there, so it was one of those places where couldn't get into much trouble because your parents knew everybody and you knew you would run into your teachers in the grocery store and that sort of thing. Um, but right. it was a great little community. I, I kind of grew up in a neighborhood where there were probably, you know, 15 of us kids in three neighborhood streets and we would have capture the flag games in the backyard and all of that. So it was yeah. just a really, um, really relaxed kind of family centric environment. It was great to grow up in. I love it. I love it. And now I'm working hills just exploded, right? As uh, <laughs> I'm sure is, is the population what like tripled or more since? Oh, you- I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, it was about the time when we got our big soccer complex that came into town. And now if I ever tell anybody I'm from Morgan Hill, they're like, oh, yeah, I played soccer there when I was a kid. And I was just yeah. like, yeah, that's now what we're known for is soccer fields and the garlic right. smell from Gilroy that kind of came up every now and then. So, <laughs> right. right. Well, uh, that that is that is uh, fabulous. I um, Jerusha's brother lives in in Gilroy, and so I, I know I know that area, Morgan Hill. Of course, driving up through uh, San Luis Obispo uh, from San Luis Obispo, you you go right through there. So, what was um, what was young Sarah like growing up? Did you uh, what did you get into? Were you a, a sports arts? Uh, what were you into? I was, I was definitely a sports kid. Uh, I was a busybody from the beginning. I was that, uh, I'm, I'm the third of three girls and we're all fairly close in age. So I was always trying to keep up with my sisters. Um, I was always that kid that would, you know, bug my mom when she was on the phone and I'd be like, I'm bored. What can I do? Put me to work, you know? Um, but yeah, grew up, um, around sports my whole life. Um, 
softball, soccer. Once I got to high school, I started playing field hockey, which took me through college. Um, but just a real active family, you know, we'd go camping and stuff when we were little, um, go to giants games on occasion, that sort of thing when we would make the, the trek up to the city. Um, so yeah, sports has always been a pretty big part of my life for sure. Love it. Love it. What'd your folks do when you're growing up? Um, so my father is a lawyer and had his own, um, firm, uh, all growing up, which was okay. great. He was, it was generally based in San Jose, but then kind of during some of my years, it was right in our hometown of Morgan Hill, which was awesome. Cause he was always close by. Yeah. And my mom was a high school teacher. So we oh, had the, yeah. um, the good fortune of having her with us in the afternoons after school and on the summers yeah. and that sort of thing. So yeah. it was really, um, I look back on it now and realize just how fortunate I was to, you know, be in a situation where I had two parents who could be around for so much of the activities that I was involved in when I was younger. Yeah, but it's things that we take it for granted when we, when we're a kid, for sure, and we get to be an adult, and we're like, oh wow, they were doing a lot for me, and I didn't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. So you you mentioned field hockey. So did uh, uh, took you through college? Were you a you were a field hockey player in at, at Berkeley? I did. Yeah. I was, I guess, smart enough to play a sport that nobody else played on the West coast. So, uh, (laughs) I, I ended up playing at Cal all four years, uh, which was great. Um, it really is what opened my eyes to Berkeley to begin with. Um, I hadn't grown up a Cal fan, you know, if anything, I would have probably associated more with Stanford just because it was closer to me growing up. Uh, but once I went on my recruiting trip there, I just, I really did fall in love with the campus and to have the opportunity to attend an institution like that is when I was, I was not going to pass up. Um, so was fortunate enough to stay healthy and play all four years and, um, kind of, I mean, it really defined my collegiate experience in many ways, but also took a campus of, 34,000 people and shrunk it down, you know, to a very small subset of student athletes, which was a little bit more manageable for me since I had kind of migrated there from a small town. Of course, of course. I love that. And, and, you know, um, a couple of different interesting connections, um, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm a Tar Heel. So we're, uh, you, you know, all about Tar Heels and field hockey, uh, our, uh, our, our, uh, our field hockey team's pretty dominant, but, uh, absolutely. So- so I I know field hockey from that, and also you know when I was uh, assistant director of club sports, um, field hockey was one of our big clubs um, at at NC State when I was doing that. And then this is just really wild. Um, and you may not know either of these two people, but anyway, I'm going to throw it out there because it's just so wild that I look at your dates that you attended Berkeley. And I just recently had pulled up two different, um, two others. So I watched, um, I don't know if you've seen the, the, um, no laying up, uh, YouTube special on the Stanford women's golf team and their coach and Martin played, uh, golf at Berkeley when you were there that during that exact period when you were there, did you know? I did not know her. No, but I'm going to have to do a little bit of research now and dig up some news on my fellow golden bears. (laughs) I know. And it's, it's so wild because recently I was, I was um, just this week, I was contacted by a San San Francisco state um, professor who also played golf at that exact time at Berkeley um, that that you were there. And I'm like, and so I'm looking at these dates and I pulled up your dates and I'm like, oh my God, they were all there at the same time. Like that's yeah. really wild as student athletes. And so, um, that, that's cool. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about that, that first position, you know, you were a poli sci major coming out of Berkeley and you landed a job with the giants. Can you tell us about, <laughs> uh, about that, how that came about and, um, 
Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was, um, you know, I, the way kind of school worked for me is I would play field hockey during the fall. And then, um, around my, right after my sophomore year, I was deciding if I wanted to stick around and play with my teammates during the summer and train or go home and figure out what to do. And an opportunity opened up um, with an internship at the Giants. And so I threw my name in the ring and um, it was in the community relations department. So funny that you should um, mention that. Um, And I ended up getting the internship. And so in my first years at the Giants, I was really responsible for um, setting up a lot of the players' charity appearances. So it could be anything from taking them to hospitals or library readings or bringing in children to meet with some of the players before the games. Um, you know, my second year there, it was after September 11th. Um, and I had the, um, I guess in some ways I would call it good fortune in a way because it was such a meaningful and fulfilling experience for me, but to, mm-hmm. to really be a part of hosting that celebration when we came back to the ballpark after that and, and hosting mm-hmm. a lot of the, the families of both victims and survivors from 9-11. Um, and it was really one of those moments where I was like, I'm in sport. This is a child's dream, but I'm also having the ability to impact in a very significant way people's lives and our culture and our healing process. And so, even as an intern, you know, at the ripe old age of I think 20 at that point, um, I realized just just what an amazing environment I had fallen into. Um, So I interned during the spring semester for my last two years of college, Mm -hmm. um, which was nice. I'd kind of only go to class two days a week and I'd play quote unquote with the giants, the other three. Um, And then after college, you know, there was a little bit of a recession around 2002. um, And I was deciding if I tried to, you know, I was thinking about law school at the time, kind of figuring things out. And I was just like, you know what, I don't have a, a yearning to go anywhere else at this point right now. So it ended up turning into a little bit of that part-time, full-time job for a while, you know, as uh-huh. we all kind of figure out our path after school. Exactly. And now here I am 20 years later. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that is that is so exciting. I, I love it. And, and before we get too far away, I said the, the woman's name, it's Ann Walker, not Martin, Ann Walker, who's the Stanford women's golf coach. And she she played golf at Berkeley while you were there. But um, sorry about that. But um. That that's just so wild. And you know, I love telling your story too, because you know that um you know that we we now have a minor, right? In a, in event planning. And so we have poli sci students, we have students from um, you know, from business, from 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 wine and vet and from all over the campus that are that are getting this minor. And so I think it is important. I, I we we end up with um with students in our classes from all kinds of different majors, right? And and they they have a tendency to think to themselves, oh, well, I can't get out and I can't get a job in that area or, or whatever, right? Um, and so, hey, I mean, you can, right? And um, and and you're a testament to it. I'm a testament to it. I was a psychology major, uh, right? And so when you find your passion, when you find something that that really fulfills you, go after it, no matter what your major was. And um so let's uh, let's talk about um, let's talk a little bit about your how you made the connection with Cal Poly, right? I mean, a Berkeley grad, and and um, uh, what what happened? Did you did you meet Dr. Hendricks? I have a feeling you met Dr. Hendricks. That's usually the I, story. I think Brian, actually, you happened. I think you brought some students through. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with Dr. With Dr. Hendricks. With yeah. Dr. Hendricks, yeah. And so um, I, right. you know, I believe at the time was actually that you guys wanted to see the field and that sort of thing. And I think I had probably 
just helped produce a concert or something. And so I knew more about actual turf than I ever realized I was going to know in my professional career, Um, but just started talking to you guys and really kind of, um, you know, related to the story of like, again, you think of sports and for a long time, sports and hospitality and events, they didn't all fit together. And now we're starting to realize that there's this whole experience world and all of these are just different pieces of that puzzle. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it would just, you know, I kind of, hit it off with you guys. I mean, it, we're, we're all cut from the same cloth in terms of wanting to bring people together and have a good time. Yeah. Um, and both my sisters went to Cal Poly. So I do have, you know, a connection there. I think maybe I was always a little bit um, miffed that I didn't get in. So, you know, oh. I, I had to quote unquote settle for Berkeley. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I mean, I just thought yeah. what you guys were doing with the students and the hands-on experience you were providing them was awesome. And so I jumped at the right. chance to, to get involved there. Right. And you know, Sarah, that's hilarious too, to hear you say, uh, I met you like, what are you talking about? But th- that shows my mentality with, with, with Dr. Hendricks. Like I just assumed he knew you from like, uh, you know, like, uh, I was, we were, we were meeting each other for the first time and I just assumed he knew you because he knows that it, it was like, he knew everyone. Right. Yep. That's we, we Dr. Go, Hendricks. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I would go to, I would go to conferences with him and I would just walk by his side because, um, and, and I'd meet everyone at the, at the conference somehow yeah. just everyone knew him, you know? Um, but, uh, so that is, that is wild. And, and I remember we, we took a, we took a picture in the dugout and we had students. It was, it was really great. So, uh, that is, that is awesome. So let's talk a little bit more about your experiences in, um, in working for the giants, you know, you, you ended up with giants enterprises. And so, um, what was that? Was like almost oh, eleven years, right? With Giants Enterprises. So tell um tell our listeners what Giants Enterprises is and and what you did with with Giants Enterprises. Sure. So um, Giants Enterprises is basically a, a wholly owned subsidiary of the club, and they were really tasked with um, programming the ballpark all the days that baseball wasn't being played. Uh, at the time, what was, I guess, back then, Pack Bell Park was the first, first privately financed ballpark in a really long time. And so figuring out how to pay that bill, you know, required a lot outside of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fortunate enough to work um, with Pat Gallagher and Stephen Ervetria, some of the most um, accomplished people in that field, really. They were thinking years beyond where the industry was at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really turned the venue into one of San Francisco's gems in terms of you know, corporate events, concerts, um, athletic events, you name it, we were doing it to kind of keep that place filled Mm -hmm. and and to really just kind of give back to the community of San Francisco in a different way outside Mm -hmm. of outside of baseball games. Um, so in about 2004, I switched over to work with Giants Enterprises and I kind of cut my teeth as an event manager. You know, I was running around with all the checklists and everything else. And then dabbled a little bit on the sales side and then spent some time in, in business development and, you know, really, again, got to work with all the different departments in the organization. Um, and so over the years, I really saw that grow. And I've seen now a ton of venues and other sports clubs really following that model. Um, and it's been pretty impressive to see because I think it brings this intersection of sport and tourism and hospitality all much closer together. And I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, as fans, our game day experience gets better because of some of the stuff that we're doing at these parks and venues on the days when the crowds aren't there. Um, yeah. And it's really teaching us a different way to take care of our fans when they're in the ballpark um, and look at things a little bit differently. 
I love it. That's so great. And and you know when I when I think of giants, I, the giants, I think of innovation, and I think of um, you know being a leader across all kinds of different realms, whether it's sustainability or helping the community or whatever it might be. You know, we just had uh, what the the very first ever Pride game, right? Where both um, uh, both uh, teams, Dodgers and Giants, were were uh, Pride. Um, uh in in um what what do you what am i looking for what's the word i'm looking for logo pride logos on there on yeah the, patches. patches we also had right. the umpires which was the first yeah. time the league made a statement too which is huge it's, it is huge it's and those are incredible really important things to be a part of when we think of all the conversations we're having in society and that sport is a mechanism for us to do that in a um a respectful and engaging way is is again pretty special to be a part of. Definitely. And, you know, I, uh, I uh, attended the, the play ball launch last week and, um, and uh, it, you know, the, the, we, they gave us a ball and we were able to, to go out and, and get a ball signed by whoever, or, you know, by everyone who was there, you know, it was almost the entire team. And I went um, straight to one person and uh, that was uh, uh, Alyssa Nakin. And um, uh, so obviously leading the way there again with the giants and the, the first uh, female major league baseball coach. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty special. Of course, I was rather awkward. I didn't really know what to say to her. So I was just, so I was like, yeah, this is for my daughter. <laughs> talk to her about surfing and she'll, you know, she'll talk to you for days. <laughs> I'm sure she would have. I'm sure she would have. Um, but uh, so um, let's let's talk about the role of professional development. You know, I think it's um, I think you can speak to this probably better than than anyone, um, because, you know, as a as a poli sci, as, as a um, someone who graduated with a poli sci degree. Right. You didn't have that necessarily formal academic training, right? You you did a lot of learn by doing, like you said, you cut your teeth in the events world. But I also know that that you um, have been uh, really involved with professional associations, right? And, and rising all the way up to um, becoming the international president for the International Live Events Association, ILEA. Um, so can you talk about what that's meant, um, what that's meant in your career? Yeah, um, and this is something I definitely owe to Stephen Revetria. Um, he was my boss at the time, and he was very supportive of continued education, and and not just continued education in terms of you know, like you said, that I didn't have a formal education in events because it just it wasn't really there at the time, right? Twenty years right. ago, that wasn't necessarily what people were studying. Right. It was more about like he understood and really instilled in me the importance of your professional and personal network within your professional industry. And that, you know, especially in events where things can go wrong all the time to be able to have somebody in your back pocket, whether you're calling them for a favor or AV equipment, or just a piece of advice at the last minute to really have that network around you, because it takes a village to pull these events off and to craft these experiences. And, and so I did get really involved really early. Um, I have met some of the most amazing people in my life through some of the industry associations that I've been a part of. Um, and it was a little bit of my way of, of giving back. I mean, I do not take for granted the fact that I happened to fall into one of the best sports franchises right off the bat, right? I wasn't working right. my way up from some tiny right. little triple A team and, you know, kind of rising up through the ranks. Um, and so this was a different way to give back and to share the sports side of the events world with people in a different way. Because when you walk mm -hmm. into most of these industry associations, it wasn't populated with sports folks at the time. Right. Um, and so it was also, you know, a different way to cast a light on 
what we were doing and some of that work that the Giants were doing that I was so proud to be a part of as well. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I love that. And I, I love you, you talking about that intersection. You know, I remember the first time we, we took students down to, to state what, what was Staples Center is now um, crypto.com arena, at least for now. But um, we, we went to Staples Center and, um, and we, we took like out of the 20 students, I think 15 of them were event students. And, um, and they hadn't really thought about that intersection between sport and events and um and we had the events director um for each of the teams and then on the entertainment side talking to us and their eyeballs were just like bulging out they're like oh wow i never thought about this as a you, you mean i can one night plan a beyonce concert and the next night lakers the next night ice hockey you know it's just kind of it's 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 crazy these venues you know and and you all have been so innovative with, um, you know, what was Pac Bob Bell and became AT and T Park and is now Oracle. Um, you you all have done that um, just in an amazing way, and and I think that's it's so important. Um, can you talk about what you see as the future? You know, now you're as senior vice president of event strategy and service. You're having to think about that this this post pandemic world that we live in and 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 what events are going to be what events are going to look like and and what what do you see for the future yeah it's it's interesting um because i think for a long time we were talking about the technology influence on events and on experiences and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and things went dark yeah. and now we're back to the human connection and and the fact that people don't take that for granted and how do we get out of zoom and back into you know reality in some ways and so what i think is really neat is that i feel like there's a very effective way to bring both of those things together we have more information, more data analytics, more, you know, <laughs> content than we can ever have possibly imagined. Right. And and now we have a better way to kind of galvanize all of that and 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 use it but not overcome the event with technology, right? Use it right. to create the best possible human experience. Use it to figure out how to get people through your fans more efficiently so that there's less friction at the concession stand so that they can enjoy more time eating their hot dog, actually watching the game or figure out how to, you know, have a seamless transition into a concert venue so that, you know, again, you're creating the seamless experience for people. Um, so I think it's, it's that blend of, of the human element with all of the technology and the information that's at our fingertips that to me is really, really exciting right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that people have kind of have gotten back to things, you know, that, that right. hybrid was a little bit of a phase in some ways. And that while there's always going to be a component of it, that's important for how we do business and everything else that, that there is kind of this um, real desire to get back to, you know, experiences that are solely built on bringing people together, you know, in person, which I yeah. think is just, it's magic. Yeah. You know, um, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but, but at the play ball launch, um, for, for those who are not familiar, the, um, the giants have an annual play ball launch that they usually do before the season starts, but this year with the, uh, with the lockout and the season, um, you know, starting kind of abruptly, um, they, they did it, um, just a few weeks ago and, and it was the first time everyone was back, um, back in person and it was at the ballpark and Sarah, you should have seen the looks on people's faces. I mean, from people, you know, 
um, in their 80s all the way down to, to kids, you know, um, that were, you know, eight to 10 years old, just running around out in the outfield. And like there were there were people dancing and just the look, the look of wonder, you know, that wonderment, I think, is just um is obviously something that we were all missing um, during the pandemic and being able to see each other and engage with each other is, is so, so meaningful. Um, let's talk about um, your your role now. You know, you were, you're back from Giants Enterprises. You're now officially San Francisco Giants uh, as a senior vice president. So did, did, did they... The Giants Enterprises go away, or is nope. there still Giants they're, Enterprises? They're still cranking on I all cylinders. They, yeah, yeah. I thought they were. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were. So you were just promoted um, within the club, so to speak, um, to a yeah, different we, position. We so what do, you, of, what do you do now? We we reshuffled things around a little bit, as I mentioned to you. You know, we realized Giants Enterprises was doing things exceptionally well in terms of hospitality and events and all of that, and mm-hmm. we were trying to get maybe smarter and more efficient as an organization in terms of how do we take those learnings and really help positively influence the game day experience in that Mm -hmm. way. And so we kind of created this, you know, group that works on both sides of the table. So my team really services the Giants Enterprises events. We execute a lot of the concerts. We work really well with our operations team and our security teams and our ticket office and, you know, our partners in the industry, be it rental companies and other things to kind of pull these experiences together. Um, And then we also have some other, you know, things that we really kind of design and run. So we're in charge of spring training out in Arizona. So we run the fan experience at Scottsdale Stadium. Um, we now have a major mixed use development that is springing up in front of our eyes at Mission Rock. Um, yeah. And so our team is really engaged in the public realm. So we'll be doing the parks design and programming. We'll be figuring out how the retail spaces interface with the experience for people who are coming to this neighborhood. Right. Uh, you know, and you think about like when you use the word experience, it really touches everything. I mean, when I think about this development that we're building, it's, If I'm a resident in a building and I'm driving into a parking garage, what do I want that experience to be like during the holidays that makes me feel different than the Mm -hmm. experience during the summer? And so it's just like the the kind of boundaries for us are endless, which is so cool because it means that our jobs get to continually evolve and grow and change into different things. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that that's Sarah, that's what I love so much about this, this, um, this path that we've taken with experience design, right? You know, um, because it's you look at it, you have it, it changes your mindset for everything, right? Whether it's a small meeting or like you said, driving into a parking deck, right? It's, it's thinking about a person's experience and, 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 and what that means to them um, from the min- mundane to the memorable. Right. And, and, um, and we can change those environments for the better. Right. And I think we have a tendency to just think, oh, well, it's just always been done that way. And so it will always be done that way. And mm, no, actually that's not true. And uh, we can do better and we should do better. Right. And, um, and uh, so I, I wonder if you can reflect a little bit, a little bit, more on that because I know like we've said that the giants and 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 being progressive is is um I would imagine that's one of the things one of the many things that keeps you with the giants is that is that true absolutely I mean it's look the giants have been a very supportive club in all ways you know personally professionally I mean I have been fortunate that I've had you know leaders and bosses and managers and teammates that I could go to and say 
here's what I think I bring to the table. Here's where I think we may have some holes as an organization. Is there a different way we should be looking at things? And that's always been met with, you know, support and um, I think a willingness to look at things differently, which is huge in terms of how my career has developed. You know, I think we do, like anybody, we struggle with when you were just saying, make the experience better, what is better? Because better to the 42,000 fans we have in the ballpark, it's not the same for everybody on every night. And it's so, how do you, and I think the Giants have done this very well, how do you define what your identity is as as a brand, as a ball club, as as part of this like, you know, quasi-public institution that the Giants really are? And how do we stay true to that while at the same time creating lots of different ways for people to engage with our brand? So what we may be doing on the baseball front in terms of making things a little bit more seamless for a fan or something else may be totally different than opening our doors for free to the community to come watch the opera at the ballpark, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just the Giants thinking of different people in our community in different ways. Mm -hmm. And how do we meet them where they are? And how do we create some way for them to engage and to take advantage of this, you know, beautiful, again, venue and, and ball club that we have in one of the most special cities in the world, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, that's so exciting. So so let's talk a little bit, um, if you don't mind about the Experience Innovation Lab, you know, um, we're obviously um, kicking that off uh, soon, if they ever get it built over, <laughs> if they ever get it built for us, uh, we're, we're hopeful uh, now in, in January 2023 is what they're saying. And so, um, you know, as the chair of our advisory council, uh, I just want to, you know, thank you again for all the service. And and you've, you've been on our advisory council for, for what, um, 12, plus years more yes. than that 15 it's been a while now yeah it's been a while yeah <laughs> yeah so uh we we want to thank you for that but um you know the experience innovations lab is something that we're we're so excited about and and many of the things that you've just said over the last um 20 minutes um apply to, to what we're trying to do there with the lab and and trying to um, you know, give a have a space to explore how to make things better, right? And um, I I totally appreciate what you said too about how that's different for different people, and so considering lots of different um, lots of different stakeholders is a huge element of that. But um, I wonder if you can just reflect with your experience, you know, both with um, with the Giants and then also with um, ILEA and and other professional associations where you see that experience innovations lab fitting and, and, um, and, and whether or not, whether you're excited about it um, from that standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, uh, 100%. Am I excited about it? Absolutely. Do I think again, Cal Poly is leading the way a hundred percent there, you know, events has, is, has always been looked at as an art, right? It's for creatives. Right. It's for people that just want to make us feel. And, and that's so true. But there is a science behind it. And and when you're thinking about something like a conference for a corporation who has millions of dollars writing on the experience and they need to get something as simple as a registration platform, correct? Yes, it does matter. How does that website look? Where do people's eyes get drawn to first? How easy is the user flow? What data are they collecting? How is that then turned into managing their experience once they get on site? How are you bringing them through your venues? I mean, it's snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. And I see this lab as being such an effective way to, again, to take this data, to do beta testing, to figure out how AR and VR are going to really be impacting what we're doing in the event space. But at the end of the day, either put as much of that technology forward-facing as they want or to keep it behind the scenes so that 
the user experience Mm -hmm. is what gets better. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the user experience needs to be, you know, so forward thinking that technology is the be all end all for things, but we should be using again, technology and the science to help us refine how we're defining these experiences. Um, And I think, you know, again, I look at experience in a much different way now. I look at how um, HR departments are engaging their employees. What's the employee for experience for Adobe versus Google versus Marriott versus the San Francisco Giants is very different, but they're all going to be using some of the same tools in terms of how to keep employees engaged, how to measure whether or not employees are engaged. And I think this lab can benefit lots of different companies in lots of different ways once we figure out how how to really get our hands in there with them to figure out what they need. Yeah, I I could not agree more. And you just articulated it in such an amazing way. And I I appreciate that. And that you get me more excited hearing you talk about it. So I I love that. And um, I just think, you know, every time I go to and and I'm I'm, um, forgive me, I'm excited about this, too. I'm getting ready to go to Vegas. And um, every time I go to Vegas, and I stand in line, um, waiting to check in, I'm like, looking around, I'm like, what, what are they doing? Like, why am I still waiting in line, you know, uh, 25 years after I first came to Vegas, you know, it's like, how can they not be managing the experience so that I'm not standing in a line, right? I mean, because if I'm standing in line, I'm not spending money. And that's what they want me to do is spend money, you know, and so, yeah, there's just so many different things that that we can um that we can look at. And I love that employee experience example. Um, I think that is a that is a, a, a huge a, a huge area that we can that we can tap into. Um, I just want to thank you so much for your time. Um, I want to thank you so much for your service um, to our department and to our university. And um, just uh, just cannot thank you enough. Um, I, I will I will leave on this one. Um, what advice would you have or, or would you give to any young professional or any student out there who's interested in um, that intersection between sports, events, hospitality? Um, I mean, and this one is probably advice that many people have heard, but you've got to get involved, right? Whether it's volunteering, whether it's doing an informational interview, you just have to start you know, making yourself known in the space. If you have an opportunity to do a mentorship, absolutely take it. I mean, I've had Lots of great relationships come out of my ones with Cal Poly. Um, I think it's that. And then also um, just experience things. You're going to be better at contributing to the industry you want to be in if you're well-versed in it from the spectator, from the participant, and then ultimately from the operator side of things. And so I think don't take any potential learning experience for granted, anything that you're doing, you know, take your notes on it. Think about what you would have done a little bit differently. Um, Because when somebody asks you that question of, oh yeah, I attended that event as well. What did you think? If you've got some of those notes at your disposal, yeah, you're going to make an impression. So, um, so, So bank some of those experiences for sure. Yeah, that's such, such great advice. I tell our students, I'm like, you know, what separates um, a lot of times what separates what you're experiencing now in college for, from what you'll be experiencing in the professional world is that we're asking you to reflect on it in real time, right? And that reflection is something that unfortunately a lot of people in the in the working professional world have a tendency to not do. They just go about doing their job 
and they don't ever take the time to stop and reflect and go, okay, what am I learning? Right. And so, um, that reflection is so, so key. And, um, and if, if you can, if you can take that lifelong learning approach to things, um, I, I think you'll, you'll be far more successful in whatever career path you take. Absolutely. Well so, said. <laughs> great, great, great advice. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much again for your service. And, um, and yeah, I can't wait to see you at the ballpark. Thank you, Brian. See you soon. <laughs> All right, see ya.